Welcome to another edition of Behind the Report. This time, it's not a roster move. It's not a potential roster move. It's actually something regarding a tournament, the Road to Rio Major. And if you haven't read the report that I'm referring to, I encourage you to do so in the comment section below because it adds uh, context to what I'm talking about here in which I will provide additional context, of course, by talking through it with you and providing some background information. That's the idea of these. And I enjoyed doing the first one, so we're going to keep going with it. So today, uh, I was not expecting to publish uh, anything more than the opinion piece that I, I, I published earlier in the day and that compared Counter-Strike and Valorant and how they can coexist. But things changed, and I was informed about something unfolding behind the scenes where every single team in the Road to Rio Major, all the different regions were handed this email. They received an email that asked them to vote on if they would like to allow coaches to not only be in the server during play, but also communicate through whatever voice program, or of course, if they're in a, a LAN or a, you know a boot camp style environment with their team, allowing the coach to kind of be there and and be involved. Now, the caveat to this, which was very very important, and something I tried to highlight on Twitter, was that if a single team from any region at all said no to this, they chose the second option, then it wasn't happening. It was an all or nothing vote or it is an all or nothing vote because when I am recording this right now, there is still time for votes to come in. They only gave teams about 24 hours because this is going to start in less than 48 hours from when I'm recording this. So again, a very, very short time frame that teams were given. So uh, this kind of created a, a little bit of chaos behind the scenes. There were many individuals that I spoke to who were very frustrated with this um, decision to make to kind of have this vote in the first place as well as the question then being proposed and something else I tweeted about is how do you enforce something like this if in fact it is decided that coaches will not be allowed to not only be in the server but communicate how do you enforce that especially considering everyone is playing online and you don't really have a way in particular to guarantee or prove that you're not getting any input whatsoever from a coach and what reason you may ask why would a team vote no on this well think about it think about an MIBR think about a team that is kind of smaller doesn't have the budget for a coach maybe isn't even signed to an organization and so maybe they don't have a coach right now maybe that's their team dynamic who knows but that team in particular this hypothetical team they have every reason to vote no on this because then that will take the advantage of everyone else who in this tournament who relies on their coach to help them, it then kind of neuters them in, in that aspect. So why wouldn't a team vote no? And I absolutely expect if this vote is still going to be maintained, that absolutely it will be, it, it won't happen. They, the coaches will not be allowed because one team at least will say no to this. It just makes sense. If you're trying to qualify for a major, you have to take every advantage you can get. And I totally understand it. I absolutely do not expect coaches to be allowed unless ESL realizes that this vote was kind of um it wasn't handled necessarily correctly in a lot of people's opinion and maybe they will come to that conclusion themselves and kind of change things or make a decision on their own but nonetheless teams are presented with an issue because when things are played online when it comes to qualifiers or whatever it might be despite the land for whatever that qualifier is for not allowing coaches to speak mid-round trust me every team 
allows their coach to be involved in these online qualifiers, mainly because it's not against the rules, but why wouldn't you if you could, right? Even if the event that they're qualifying to won't allow it, people will still do it because it adds more value than not doing it for the sake of consistency or, or whatever the reason might be. Um, people will always take advantage of having their coach discuss. And I believe this kind of brings up a, in a situation that we've seen time and time again in professional Counter-Strike. And this reminds me of the, I believe it was the RGN tournament. And I might be wrong on which tournament I was thinking of in particular, but there was a point where um, the now MIBR core was playing against Team Liquid when Hiko was on it. And there was a situation where a photographer or a videographer went by one of the MIBR. They weren't MIBR then, of course, but that's who they are now. Went by one of their computers, kicked off a power cable mid-round, thus shutting down one of the player's computers. What happened was Team Liquid win that round, and it was a very important round for that best of three. I believe it was a best of three. That Team Liquid won that round, and... MIBR, and I can't remember the organization they were with then, I'm assuming it's Luminosity, they asked for the round to be replayed, and instead of the admins for the tournament making the decision themselves on what was going to happen, whether it be replayed or not replayed, they subsequently asked Team Liquid what they would like to do, putting all the pressure on Team Liquid and kind of allowing them to feel the wrath of Luminosity's fans, who can be very vicious at times. Um... And that's what happened. Hiko and the rest of Team Liquid chose not to replay the round. And they were met with the kind of the vitriol of that that fan base um, from the Brazilians. And so much so that it almost kept Hiko from playing a tournament in Brazil later on in his tenure with Team Liquid. Actually, there's a point in which NBK was going to play uh, for Team Liquid and had agreed to stand in for them because he was so worried. And then, you know, he ended up going with a bodyguard and all that. And this has been documented not only by myself, but many others in the industry publicly. This is a not necessarily a well-known fact, but it, it has been mentioned before. So the reason I'm bringing this up is it's almost a similar situation where a lot of people express this opinion. And I'll go ahead and, and give mine right here. I do believe this is a decision that should have been made by ESL unless... And this is something I need to mention. I probably should have mentioned earlier, unless Valve is asking for this vote and has asked ESL to propose this to the players or to the teams, then I can kind of understand because then ESL's hands are tied and they're just doing what Valve has requested. But if at any point ESL could have made this decision themselves, whether it be that they're the ones proposing this vote or whether they could have just made the decision and, and given it to Valve, I don't know. But if that could have happened at any point, that's what they should have done. They should have either said, sorry guys, no coaches are going to be allowed. Here's how we're going to enforce it. I don't think that's even possible to enforce it. I will mention that. Or they should have just said, we're going to just go business as usual. It's an online event. Do whatever you guys want to do. Obviously, coaches will not be able to talk mid-round if, of course, the major is played offline like we all expected to in November. But that is the probably the biggest question that I have overall. The first one is, how are they going to enforce the, this if this vote holds and a team says no? How are they going to enforce coaches not being able to participate and enforce that none are? But even more so for me is, who proposed this vote in the first place? And if it wasn't Valve, why wasn't this just handled uh, personally, either with the CSPPA in conjunction with Valve, or why can't Valve just have made this decision once and for all, so that we didn't have to wonder or worry 
about maybe coaches having um, some sort of access when they weren't supposed to. It, it creates absolutely more problems than it solves. And I think it's disingenuous personally to call this a vote when it's all or nothing. That's, that's just kind of doing the bare minimum and creating more problems than you're eventually solving. But we can't assume, and I haven't heard from anyone personally on my side at the time of filming this, if Valve has requested that, or this is purely just ESL's decision-making, I'm not sure. And that is a huge question. That is something that maybe even deserves additional content once that is discovered, if it ever is. And I hope it is, because that would answer some questions. Um, nonetheless, though, we are met with this situation where uh, who knows what is going to happen from here. But I can almost guarantee, should the vote take place as it's scheduled to, uh, coaches will not be allowed. And then everyone's going to be worried if someone's getting an, an unfair advantage. And that's not what the focus should be, right? When you're doing this three-stage road to the Rio Major uh, new structured format for the Rio Major in November, you want the focus to be on whatever can be positive right now in this ongoing pandemic situation. And instead, should this vote go through and coaches not be allowed, the focus is instead going to be entirely upon is a team gaining an advantage? How do we know they're not when the main focus should always be Counter-Strike? The incredible, beautiful Counter-Strike that will now not have the SG every single round is going to look like it once did. And someone like myself who has just been just sick and tired of watching Counter-Strike in this SG meta that was preceding all of this and has now changed back to the beautiful way that the game, in my opinion, should be played. I want that to be the focus. That's what I want to be the focus on. If we're at least going to play online, I, I, I want to still focus on the game of Counter-Strike that we all know and love, but instead think back to the major, like when there was a jump bug, that's all that mattered. And the focus was on the jump bug and how big abused it instead of the incredible and wonderful storylines that are created and can be created through this three-stage qualification for the major in November. We'll see what happens, but at this point in time, all I can tell you is behind the scenes, people are very, very upset. People that are obviously vested in this event in one way or another. I wish I could be more descriptive, but I can't, of course, as you know, but they're, they're very upset with this, not only because they don't know how it'll be enforced, but they just feel like this was handled poorly and was done with little to no time left. And I, who knows what the reason who know who's who chose for it to happen so close to when the event started and the way it was handled. But nonetheless, even if it was valve, it's still, obviously that gives, you know, I'm not going to put a, really much blame on ESL in that case, but then I shift the blame to valve. Why are you doing this so close to the start of the event? And why are you even, if you, if it's valve that made this, why are you even considering allowing coaches to talk? If you're already, you're already the tournament organizer or the game developer that, remove the ability for coaches to talk mid-round at their events at major tournaments. So a lot of questions as we sit right now. I wish I had more answers for you. I don't, but nonetheless, this is kind of what led up to the publication of this story today, and uh, we'll see what, what unfolds. But for right now, that is the second edition of Behind the Report. Let me know what you thought. Give me your comments, not only on, on this type of video, but the subject at hand and how it was handled. Thank you very much for watching, and I'll see you guys soon.